You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I am lead pastor of Formation Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I occasionally write about developing relationship with God at <laughs> RyanHughley.com. When you're feeling it. Yeah. There's been a lot going on. There's been a lot going on. Uh, my name's Tyler Dravitz. I'm the XP at Formation Church, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we help pastors solve problems by providing remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at MyXP.Church. And that's not occasional. That's... That's that's all the time. Thing. That's my regular. Yeah, you're you're yeah. pretty on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I mean, this might be helpful to give people some encouragement uh, in, but like, I'm I really am. A, maybe it's the older I get. I don't know. Very aware that um, energy is finite. Sure. And so um, when and and I have real clear priority. Like I don't ever do anything external of any kind, meaning like outside of our church that we're responsible for. Um, like at the expense of our church. And so when we've got a lot going on internally, then I have to let go of some of those external things. And so as a result of that, if you read uh, The Lighthouse, that's why it hasn't been out there for like t- two months. Because mm. I've been busy Has with been other stuff. Long? It's been a minute, yeah. Oh, okay. It's been a minute. It's 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 clearly really impactful in your well, life. So. I mean, I read them when they come through and... I mean, do you? Yeah, ish. <laughs> I mean, I see them and I like open them. Well, the most recent series too comes out of an old sermon series, so you've heard that before. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. But you are not occasional with my XP. No, you're just on it all the a time. Regular, yeah. more than all you'd like day to be. Long. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I've got. Uh, we're working to help a church that is. Uh, large. Uh-huh. Um, they've decided to be two autonomous churches. Because it was and, a multi-site? Yep. It okay. was multi-site before and a lot of things happened. So yep. they've decided to just kind of split completely very like, you know, there's nothing weird about that, yeah. but that's what they've decided to do. Um, and that is just way more complicated. Like it's amazing. If you think about every church planner's dream, starting with a building, mm-hmm. starting with money, starting yep. with people, all of that's great. And you start with a high level of expectation that everything is like signed, sealed, and delivered and like cooking on all cylinders. On and, day one. And creating an environment where that can be true is so complicated logistically. Yeah. I'm working with this amazing woman. She's like one of the best people I've worked with to date. Mm-hmm. Like she's just so great. And even her and I and like my team, like we are working on it and we are working real hard and it's complicated. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So cool. that, that's been, but it's also, um, it's not that we've never done anything like that before, but this specific type of thing yeah. is a little bit um, new for us. And so we're just kind of like working through it and kind of figuring it out. So yeah. yeah, it's been very consuming. And I think the larger point in this is one of our deepest convictions for really probably the last decade has been um, a cultural value that we call helping churches thrive. Mm -hmm. We care a lot about being able to to take whatever we're learning. If it's helpful to anybody else, we, we want to be as generous as we can with that. Yep. And from the field is an example of that. Mm -hmm. Any writing I do is part of that. And, uh, but 
we can never do those things at the expense of our own church. Right. So if there's ever like a week or two where this podcast doesn't happen, it's usually because we're swamped yeah, with whatever we got something going come on. Up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyways, we, we are though back and in a series of conversations that we're calling From the Ashes. And it comes from uh, this first national post-pandemic study of American worldview that released just a few weeks ago that confirmed what every pastor I've talked to has experienced. And that's just simply that the pandemic has in so many different ways shaken the foundation of faith in the U.S. I think it's upwards of 15 million American, fewer Americans are attending church weekly after 2020 than prior to it. So there's just been significant upheaval in the midst of that. And so we're discussing in the midst of this, like, well, there's one way to look at that, which is that the sky is falling and that the church is just crumbling. Another way to look at that is to ask the question, to what is God inviting us in the midst of this? Like, the church is not going to fail. The church has been through massive upheaval throughout history and thrived in the midst of things like persecution and difficulty. And there's always something in the midst of that that God's inviting us to. And so we're just talking about what we feel like God's inviting us to focus on in this. Good. And so last week, we talked about the importance of focusing on a big biblical foundation if you remember, it was like more specifically really trying to create an environment where people can walk through what has become very commonly referred to and experienced as deconstruction, but mm. to walk through that in a way that causes people's faith eventually in that process to flourish rather than to die, that right. there really is a way to do yeah. that. So we talked about that last week. Uh, so we're really focused on that. A second thing that we're focused on and where we want to focus a few minutes today is uh, we're focused on spiritual formation. Mm. So that term is is becoming more and more common uh, nomenclature for people. And so it can mean different things. And so for us, uh, it the, the definition that I like the best comes from uh, a book by a guy named M. Robert Mahollin Jr., okay. which in my opinion is too many names, mm, too many things happening. It's a lot of names. Lot of yeah. names. It, I don't know why you and can't just drop the M? the M. I don't know. Is it Mr.? Morton? I don't know. Could mm. be a million different things. Mm-hmm. But he's gone now, I think. I, don't, I think he passed away, so we can't, mm. can't find, I don't even know if we could find that out. Anyways, his definition is that spiritual formation is the process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. The process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. Mm. That, uh, I mean, we, that is such a deep conviction for us that, that we've even gone so far as to name our church formation, mm-hmm. that we really believe that seeing people <laughs> formed in the image of Christ is the mission of the church. Yes. Uh, side note, I called my mother on Mother's Day, which was yesterday, was depending nice on when you. this gets yeah. posted, because that's what you do. Yep. And uh, we were talking about it, and she was like, yeah, I'm not, she's like, can you help me understand the change to the name formulation? <laughs> And I was like, well, I cannot because that is not our name. <laughs> Formulation. Yeah. What did my mom used to always screw up Ridgeline? What did my mom, she called it like Ridgemont. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. There were more, I do, like on social remember. media, yeah. she mm-hmm. called it the wrong thing. Yep. Yeah. My mom also, while we're on the and topics, our good friend of moms, Zach commented. Uh, yeah, every yeah, time. Every time. I also, like, while we're on the topic of moms, when mm-hmm. my book, Eight Hours or Less, released, the first person to post a review on Amazon was my mom. 
Julie Hughley. I didn't. I did not care for that at all. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. It's not good. Form it's not a good look when when it's Ryan Hughley's book and no. Julie. I, I hope it was five star. And I don't know. She identified herself as my mother in her review. Oh yeah. And she thought it was funny. I did not think it was funny. Mm. Not not cool. She has had this long-standing practice of doing all she can to embarrass me deeply, mm, all the way back to true. high school. I remember yeah. many many times. Many things showed mm-hmm. up to school in a coconut bra mm-hmm. to pick me up from school. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. Good times. And now you know why I'm in therapy. Yep. So, anyways, if we have chosen to focus on formation. Mm-hmm. It means that there are other things that are a lower priority for us or that we have chosen not to focus on. So just like we started in the beginning talking about how energy is finite, so is focus. So if we have chosen to focus on formation, let's talk just a little bit about what we have chosen not to focus on, at least as much. Yeah. So it's not to say we don't care about these things at all, but they are just not a primary focus for us. Yep. And the first one I would say would be production, mm. meaning like specifically, I guess, the fanciness of our service. Yeah. You know? And like bells and whistles yeah. as well. And yeah. there has been times, even in our own past, where we've been. Like, oh, okay. Little, yep. little service charcuterie. We oh. don't have any of that. <laughs> service charcuterie. That's uh-huh. what we're calling yep. it. Okay. Yeah, we don't have very much of that. You're right. Mm-mm. Um, but there was times where we put in a lot more effort into oh, yeah. that. We were like mobile church wheeling in. I mean, one Way year for Christmas, stuff. we did like pallets and Christmas lights and packages and it was a lot. It was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So some of this is about focus. Some of this is just about fatigue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. feeling too old well, for all like, that. You know, I don't know a single person who's like, you know what? I gave my life to Jesus because of the pallets. pallets. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> That is not, and, and listen, some of you out there are still, still rocking using pallets, the pallets yeah. and still thinking it might save somebody. If um, you have, Tyler at myxp.church, if someone's gotten saved due to the pallets, you let me know. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we just don't focus, and that's not to yeah. say, we, we do really care about putting people who are... Um, qualified yeah. and gifted in their area. So we don't like, we don't like just put anybody up to lead worship. We yep. still care about our design. We still yeah. like our transitions to move, move smoothly though. The purpose of that isn't about trying to be like good at production. It's sure. about wanting to provide the least amount of distraction possible. For well, people. and we care very much about like an orderly service. Yes. Uh, we care at, very much about the fact that our, you know, you think back to the days of like putting on your Sunday best yeah, and the idea that like what we're doing is like, uh, you know, connecting with the Lord in a unique way. And mm-hmm. so we want to like, you know, like bring our best when yeah. it comes to that. It just, um, I think in all fairness, that terminology best is very subjective mm-hmm. and it really changes based on your situation. And totally. so we've just decided, uh, not that we, uh, phone anything. in. It's not like we show up on Sunday morning and five minutes before it's like, what songs should we sing? Right. I mean, the band has done rehearsal, you yep. know, all of that kind of stuff, but it just, uh, some of that extra frosting and decoration mm-hmm. is not something Charcuterie. that we, yeah. The charcuterie, yeah, uh, the condduments, so to speak. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we I don't think you do need a to let this go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it's coming gonna up with weirder. ways to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I probably have been heretical at one point and didn't even know it. You know, so cool. So the first thing that is just less of a primary focus for us is production. A second one would be programs. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, every church has programs. Like, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument like Sunday service is a program. 
any kind of small group as a program, student ministry, children's ministry. But some churches are just way more programmatic than yeah. others. You know, like some have 70, 80, 90 programs. Yep. And for us, we've really made an intentional decision to minimize the amount of programming that mm-hmm. we do. And uh, and I would say most importantly, we don't do any programming that is not uh, very directly connected to our goal, which is to see people formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. Yep. We just don't have extra stuff that is not connected to that. And that's not in any way to diminish the value of those things. It's just our choice that we've made that neither programming nor production is going to be a really primary focus for us. Mm-hmm. Make sense? So then the question is, if those things, so what, what exactly then does it look like for us to focus on formation? And so we'll just kind of walk through what our primary rhythms and programs and where our area of focus is. And so the way I would answer that is to say that we are primarily focused on helping people learn how to position their lives for formational relationship with Jesus and one another through four things, most intentionally. Yeah. And, and I'll name these four, and then we can just talk about them a little bit. The first one is weekly worship. Mm-hmm. And we still do that. Yep. Uh, contemplative practice, which I'll explain in just a second. Mm-hmm. Formative friendships, which we're actually going to do a whole conversation about next week. Mm-hmm. And then also the pursuit of emotional health. Yeah. Okay? So let's just talk about kind of our area of focus and some of those things. So the first one is weekly worship. So again, we're not super heavy on programming. We don't have like lights and lasers and smoke and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But to your point, we really do care about um, providing our, bringing our best. And some weeks that is better than others. Like <laughs> We got done with worship yesterday. I don't, I'm curious to know if you even noticed this. It was a hot mess. Oh, just a hot mess. Like I went up, I did not, I went up to Shanna, our, uh, who was leading worship on Sunday. And we both just without saying anything, just burst into laughter. Mm. Cause it was just one of those weeks where like the band couldn't get on the same page. Rehearsal had been rough Thursday. I was there for that too. Mm. And then Sunday, there's just like one of those weeks where sometimes you just can't pull it together. Mm. So I thought it was good. I would, so here, that's what I would say. Worship was still great. Mm -hmm. But from a production value, (laughs) no one would have walked in and been like, you guys should have recorded this Mm, because it was just kind of a mess. But we do really care about doing our absolute best. And sometimes that's better than others. So in our worship service, the main things that make up our time together is we sing together, we pray together, we listen to teaching, and then we take communion every single week as well. That would be, we also have a time of reflection at the end. um, Mm -hmm. And then we do text message Q&A almost every week, Mm -hmm. uh, as long as it is applicable to or helpful to what we're doing. And I will say, if you've never experimented as a pastor with doing some form of Q&A after your teaching, it's by far the thing I feel like I get the most feedback about from new people. Yeah. Like it happened just two weeks ago where a guy was like, man, I've, I've never seen that before. That's awesome to yeah. do that. I know that's certainly not unique to us yeah. uh, or original to us, but it is such a compelling way for people to really be able to engage with you sure. after you've teaching. And I learn a lot from it regarding like how people are hearing and processing sure. what they're, what they're hearing. So we really, really believe in the significance and the importance of gathering together every single week on Sunday. And so we do that through weekly worship. Secondly, um, we are increasingly on a journey as a community to learn contemplative spiritual practices. Now, when uh, that, that word... C- 
contemplation or contemplative practice that exists in many forms of faith, like even mm. things like Buddhism and things like sure. that. And so it's important to define it. And so for us, any a contemplative practice is any spiritual practice that's designed to help us to slow down mm-hmm. and to be with Jesus, which is, I would argue, increasingly necessary as we live in such a hurried rushed pace all of the time. So some specific things for us would be things like the prayer of examen, Lectio Divina. We've done um, Lectio, what else have we done? Visio Divina, Mm -hmm. which is uh, where you use an image. Mm -hmm. We don't do that in our current space because our screens are small Mm -hmm. and you'd have to have binoculars, I think, to be able to see it. Yeah. So, um, but any spiritual practices like that, spiritual direction, I'm getting ready to lead my first group spiritual direction tonight. So we've really tried to, to double down on helping people learn these kind of spiritual practices where they just learn to sit with God. Does that make sense? Like when you think about the contemplative practice that we've done or you've done with your spiritual director, what, what's one that you find has been the most helpful to you personally? Um... Yeah, I've worked with my spiritual director specifically on like coming up with um, kind of a different approach to like quiet time type uh-huh. thing be- because I have pretty serious ADHD. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we've been doing the like visio demeanor mm-hmm. uh, while walking and different, you know, and, and part of even that practice is like, you know, like looking and then thinking and then yeah. looking, you know, and that kind of thing. And so it's been really helpful. Do you, sure. do you find that the physicality of like the walking component, there, there's something about that that helps you be able to, to focus more than just um, like sitting in your living room or no? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think so. I think in general, just not dwelling too much on anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even about it. Like some of it is being at home because there's things that I like, what comes up are like, Oh, and I need to put away my laundry or yeah. I need to, you know, do that kind of thing. Uh, I think, um, but at the same rate, like I could get derailed by like a bridge that's been broken for several weeks. <laughs> why is this and, sidewalk yeah, so dirty? And you're just like, well, why? Like, yeah. why hasn't anyone fixed it? I wonder if anyone knows who to call. Mm-hmm. Who should I call? You know, I mean, and so anything like that can, I think, um, like the change of scenery and stuff like that is mm-hmm. pretty helpful. Um, but yeah, I'm still working on it. Yeah, I find that to be fascinating. Like the idea of how to make spiritual practice actionable for people with ADHD. Mm -hmm. And even in taking the ADHD out of it, we just live in such a highly distracted age that really helping people. And this is why I think spiritual direction is so helpful is that you can really work with someone to tailor based on your personality, your brain and emotional makeup to figure out how do I connect with God meaningfully in the midst of that. So I love that. So that really is our heart behind contemplative practice. Uh, A third thing for us is what we call formative friendship, which I define as men and women living in the open together for the purpose of Christ likeness. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know, we don't do traditional small groups as a major program. We have people that run their own uh, in as meetups in our church. Like we have people that just finished a whole study of Ephesians, which is awesome. But we really work to put our effort toward um, formation groups, Mm -hmm. um, which are a very specific type of relationship that we'll talk more about next week. Mm. I guess we shouldn't talk about it too much today or there'll be no point in next week. Got it. 
And then a fourth thing for us is the pursuit of emotional health, which for us means really just helping people learn how to pay attention to and tend to their inner lives. Mm. There's just still so much of life that we go through unaware of our experience, like our, we react emotionally out of things and don't understand why and don't pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And we really deeply believe that there is a necessary connection between our emotional health and our spiritual maturity. Mm. And we are constantly working to integrate those two things, which this is the first church I've ever been a part of where I've ever even heard any of that stuff spoken about. Totally. <laughs> including yeah. the other two churches that I've pastored in my life. Sure. But- that's another thing that we hear a lot about from people. We just had a new family come recently, and that's one of the first things that she pointed out to me. She's like, I've just never been any place where that has even been talked about sure. uh, in relation to my spiritual maturity. And mm-hmm. so I really, I see that all over in the Psalms. We see it in the example of Jesus and really feel like it's important to read scripture through that lens and to think about relationship with Jesus through the lens of emotional health as well. Yeah. 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 It's just so interesting. You know, I mean, I don't want to derail and we're winding down, but the fact that that's just not like the regular, you know, because it does really impact how you read scripture. Like immediately I'm thinking of like, and if a person were blind, Mm -hmm. uh, they would need a Braille Bible Mm -hmm. to, or, or listen to it. Or if they're like blind and deaf or, you know what I mean? Like there, there would be a different lens, a different way Mm -hmm. to interact with. And, and I mean, your brain is every part of you. Yeah. And so it just seems like such a miss to not have that be exact. You know what I mean? That that that's not a thing, but I I agree with you. I'm Mm -hmm. not like pushing back on it. It just, uh, seems bizarre to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, everything to do with neuroscience seems to be, and psychology seems to be like, we're just way further behind in that than we are like, what, what, I don't know what to refer to other than like physical medicine, you Mm -hmm. know, like cancer and things like that, even though we don't have even that figured out. Um, and so in addition to that, some of the first, uh, sadly, the church was not like the first to wade into those waters. It was, uh, psychology. Mm. And I think, you know, in reaction to some of the more like bizarre, unbiblical aspects of like what we might call secular psychology. Yeah. There, I think that the church <clears throat> sadly reacted against all that stuff. Sure. And so then we're even further behind. So there are still, I mean, you and I have worked at a church where like people going to therapy was considered like a sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously there's just a lot of people that believe differently about it and are mm-hmm. just way behind the ball on this. And sure. our conviction would be that that's a huge miss, that yeah. there is just an immense amount of need and opportunity to deepen relationship with God through the pursuit of emotional health. Hmm. And so our encouragement would be, I think at, at in the general sense, to really think about in this time when things are so disorienting that we would really give attention to the importance of spiritual formation in people's lives and figured out, figure out how exactly in each of our churches we can help pe- people be positioned to experience that. That's good. So next week we'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, the importance of friendship, like big ideas, people are crazy lonely mm. and, and it is, and, and it is a very complicated problem yeah. because 
everybody seems to be aware that they're lonely and to feel almost incapable of taking any steps necessary to experience connection. True. So I'll just say now we're like still very much trying to figure that out. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure others are as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Sound good? Good. All right. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening to From the Field. If somebody comes to mind that you think might benefit from this conversation, we would be so honored if you shared it with a friend. And as we've talked about even today, From the Field is only one branch of our ministry. So you can learn more about Formation Church at formationslc.com. You can subscribe to my occasional newsletter at ryanhugley.com, as well as find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at ryanhugley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. You can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz, that's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.